Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 13, titled Immortality. Uh, Yet another very, very good episode uh, this time taking place in the alternate universe. So we are going over there. We're going back to the other side and having all those shenanigans with Walternet and Folivia and all those wonderful, wonderful people. And as is customary with alternate universe episodes, it is time for another installment of Things That Are Different! That intro is so stupid. Oh, I hate that I've... I hate that I've landed on that. Anyway, uh, so there's two things I want to highlight about the alternate universe that are, in fact, different. One. Sheep are extinct. There are no more sheep in the alternate universe. They're all dead. Mary had a little lamb. Little lamb. Little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. And now that lamb is dead. <laughs> And this actually does play into the A-plot of the episode, because, of course, uh, this dude's trying to bring back this beetle that grew inside of sheep, and now that sheep are dead, the beetles are extinct as well, so uh, he's trying to bring it back, and that's where all the craziness happens, so that is very integral to the episode. Uh, Also, Walternate uh, is a cheating bitch. Uh, he's having an affair, he's cheating on his very much alive wife with Joan Chen. Also, what a random appearance from Joan Chen in this episode. (laughs) Weird, they, they sprang, I'm gonna be honest, a little bit too high for that one. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Like, they may have gotten, they may have reached a little bit too far for this very strange cameo, uh, but yeah, uh, kind of shows how uh, how much of a piece of shit Walton it is. Uh, and that is all for this installment of things that are different. <laughs> I hate myself. Uh, so let's get into the actual substance of this episode now. Before we get into the uh, standard A story of this thing. I want to first get into some of the more macro underlying stuff, uh, because a lot of this episode is cleanup from the Switch to Olivia's arc. Uh, so we have a little bit of an ep- epilogue on the Cortexafan experiments that Walternate was running on our Olivia, uh, where alternate Brandon Fayette, or as I call him, serial killer McGee, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just comes in and is like, hey, so, uh, turns out this only works, uh, on young people. This only works on children. Let's get some children. Walter and it's like, no, I will never experiment on children. That's a line I won't cross. Totally, 
fine destroying an entire universe of billions of people, many of whom are children, but I will not experiment them on them beforehand. Walter and its moral compass is weird. And and honestly, I do kind of understand why he doesn't want to experiment on children, because this whole thing started with a child getting kidnapped. Like, this whole thing started with him losing a child. So it makes sense that he has a soft spot for children. It makes sense that he has a vulnerability for children in a way that our Walter might not have. Uh, Children are a raw point for him in a way our Walter doesn't have because he lost his child but got uh, the alternate version of that child. He was the one who kidnapped that child. So I can kind of understand how Walter Nitt would would have a soft spot for like, I don't want to be involved in experimenting on children. But like, boy... Are Walter Nitt's morals kind of out of whack? By design, by the way. Like, Walter Nitt very clearly has the most flawed logic on the planet, and that is by design. That, that, that kind of shows just, like, how far gone he is. Like, he's willing to destroy an entire universe of billions of people because one man stole his kid. Like, that's... That's... It, it's bizarre, like, moral gymnastics that he's doing throughout this entire season, but... It really does show, like, how how kind of warped Walternate has become. Like, one could dismiss it as just, oh, this is stupid. But if you really dive into the character stuff, if you really dive into the uh, nuances of Walter versus Walternate. Like, it is actually really, really great character work. And it is really, really great. Uh, it is really, really great to see how Walternate sort of warped moral code sort of came to be because it all makes sense if you think about it but like just boy on the surface does it seem really stupid (laughs) on the surface does it feel really weird uh but walternate will not do cortexafan trials on children the way our walter did so so much for that uh, also, that machines piece that uh, Folivia stole is on the other side now. Uh, they're integrating it into the machines, so that is a thing. That is a thing that's happening. Uh, also, no one knows that Broyles is dead yet. No one knows that Broyles has been murdered. No one knows that Broyles is like super, super not alive anymore. And they called off a search for him. They, he's still considered like missing, but. They've, they're not searching for him anymore. He's in that weird spot where it's just like, I mean, we don't want to say he's dead, but let's be honest, we're all pretty sure he's dead. Uh, and Lincoln has been promoted and is in his place. So he is now the broils of the alternate universe. And he spends this entire episode sort of trying to figure out how to step into that role and sort of figuring out whether or not he is qualified for it, whether or not he can do it. Uh, and it's a very good arc for him. Uh, also, Frank's back. Folivia's very, 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 very attractive boyfriend. Like, extremely. Again, like, I've I've said this before. I am very straight, like, but I am not blind. This man is a god. Uh, and he's back, and... Somehow, somehow, Folivia is met with this Adonis of a man, and is like, yeah, but 
Peter? It's like, no, no, you've got a Greek god in front of you, woman. Like, you're stupid. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Your options are Greek god and Joshua Jackson. Go with the Greek god. <laughs> like, how is this a question? <laughs> Uh, but Folivia is really spending the entire episode sort of struggling with, like, mm, those feelings that I had for Peter on the other side. Are they passing? Are they something I want to put in the past? Or is this worth sort of giving up Frank? Is it worth sort of giving up this nice, sweet, very... Very, very attractive boyfriend. This man is, I, I, again, I am not, I am, I am straight. I am not in any way attracted to the same sex. Like, I am not of that. Nothing wrong with it. But I am not among that community. Uh, but, again, I am not blind. This man is so hot. <laughs> uh, but, she's sort of struggling with it the entire episode. That only makes it harder when Frank proposes to her. That only makes it more awkward, and she's sort of struggling with it the entire episode, and it only makes it worse when we find out that she's pregnant with Peter's child, and Frank is like, hey, uh, so this couldn't possibly have happened while I was away. You are six weeks along. I have not been back for that long. You very clearly cheated on me. Our engagement is off. You are... Y you suck. Uh, F off. Uh, and that relationship is over. Again, like... You have a Greek god right there! <laughs> and you gave him up for Joshua Jackson! Like, what the hell, woman? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I'm not... Stressing how major this is. Folivia is going to be the mother of Peter's child. Folivia is pregnant with Peter's kid. That is a huge deal. Like, that is big. That is cataclysmic. Because remember, on our side, we've been struggling a hell of a lot with... Mm, like, the whole Olivia, Peter, Folivia love triangle, which, by the way... It's a really cool subversion of the love triangle trope to have two points of the love triangle be alternate versions of the same person. I really like that. I really like that. But we've been dealing a lot with sort of, well, okay, uh, where do Olivia and Peter stand after this whole thing? Uh, does Peter still have feelings for, for Olivia or... Is that just a manipulation, you preyed upon me, blah, 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 blah. Depending on how you interpret consent laws, possible rape. Uh, again, I I've talked about this before, but the consent laws are very, very murky when it comes to pretending you're the alternate version of yourself. Like, it's just, it's weird. It's very, very weird. Uh, but... It's, it's just this weird, like, murky and 
really fantastically done area of question mark on where Peter, Olivia, and Folivia stand, and this just threw a gigantic monkey wrench in all of that. Especially since, um, remember what Sam Weiss said? Remember what the guy at the bowling alley who somehow knows the secrets of the universe said? Uh, whichever Olivia Peter chooses, it'll be her universe that survives. Peter's got a kid in the other universe. That could be a pretty big factor. That could be a pretty big factor in that decision. So there, there's just a whole Pandora's box that this opens up, and it oh, and it even further complicates an already complicated emotional arc uh, for Olivia and Peter and for Faux Olivia, like. It's, it's so good, and I love that they just fully went there. I love that they just fully went to, hey, we know this is already super complicated, and you already have no idea how you feel about it, and you're already kind of, like, emotionally wrecked from this whole, from the whole aftermath of this arc. Let's make this more difficult. Let's make this even more of a horrifyingly hard situation for all involved and like of course in comes Walternate at the very very end to be like hey you're the mother of my future grandchild yay remember uh, Peter is what Walternate needs to operate the machine by the laws of Nature, that kid's gonna have half Peter genes in him. That kid's gonna have half Peter genes in them. That, uh... That might be something. That might be... Something. Just saying. Anyway... Uh, I already spent, like, so much time talking about the more macro stuff. Let's get into the, uh, plot, the actual plot of this episode (laughs) at some point. Uh, there's a bunch of bugs erupting from a dude. Uh, literally some guy at the Zeppelin landing at the Empire State Building, uh, just dies and a bunch of bugs eat him from the inside out. It's super creepy. It's super disturbing. And it's a really, really great premise, and I kind of love it. Uh, We find out that it's this extinct beetle that went extinct when the sheep went extinct. That has been modified for uh, gestating in humans and attacking human hosts. Uh, And we find out that these beetles are the expertise of this one guy. Who went kind of crazy when the sheep went extinct. And by extension the beetles. By extension this form of beetle. Tried to kill himself. uh, Because of that. And it's made very clear that he's trying to modify these beetles. Trying to modify uh, these insects. To survive without the assistance of sheep. To survive without the need for sheep bodies. And that requires human hosts. Uh, More bodies drop, the bugs get bigger, uh, the bugs mature more. Uh, By the way, there's this one woman who 
very clearly has a has a crush on Charlie Francis. Uh, she treated him for his uh, arachnid infection for the spider blood he has. Oh, that still disturbs the hell out of me. This universe, you can have spiders in your blood. That's... Oh, why? Why would you do that to me? Fringe, why? Why would you make me think of that? Uh, but this bug expert that they go to that treated Charlie Francis for his arachnid infestation, and uh, she tells them about this beetle and also flirts with Charlie a lot and very clearly has a massive crush on him, and uh, it's a very awkward moment, and Folivia mercilessly mocking Charlie Francis for this encounter is the funniest thing on the planet. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's really, really great. Uh, but... This dude is modifying these bugs, and apparently the reason why is he was looking for uh, this vaccine for avian flu. He was looking for a specific enzyme in these beetles that would make for an effective vaccine against the avian flu. And apparently this dude's a massive narcissist and only wanted to do it so his name could be in papers and he could be really, really famous. Like, he's just has a massive, massive ego complex. And so he's perfectly fine killing a few people if it means he becomes famous. Uh, and so that's why he's modifying these. That's why he's bringing them back from extinction. Uh, and we're able to track down the materials he would need to create a vaccine, to take that enzyme and make a vaccine out of it. Uh, we're able to track all the purchases uh, to this one uh, storage facility. And Folivia and Lincoln go in, and there's this big, fantastic final confrontation. They're sneaking around this. Lincoln gets trapped in a walk-in refrigerator. Uh, Folivia falls through the floorboards and gets captured. Uh, there's a great moment where Lincoln's trying to escape from this walk-in refrigerator and just freezes the lock with nitrogen and it's awesome and it's really really cool uh and then it's very heavily implied that okay worth noting uh this guy figured out that if he hatches a queen the queen can lay her own eggs and then it'll just survive off of that the species will just survive off of that uh so he begins gestation of a queen, and we're led to believe that it's in Folivia. So, of course, everyone rushes to save her, rushes to save her, rushes to save her, rushes to save her. Uh, and, like, she's sick, she throws up, and we're assuming it's because of the bugs. We eventually find out it's because she's pregnant. We eventually find out it's because she's actually with child. And this dude instead... Infected himself. And the queen comes out of his neck and he dies. And his last words are, Make sure they spell my name right. Uh, an egomaniacal idiot up until the very end. I have to imagine, by the way, because 
This dude clearly knew he didn't affect, infect Folivia. He very clearly knew, okay, I infected myself. Uh, he very clearly had that information, but everyone else didn't, and everyone else just assumed it was Olivia that was being infected. And everyone was just yelling him, how do we save her? How do we save her? This dude, what was going through his mind must have been, these guys are idiots. These guys are stupid. Like, what the hell? Like, Frank's yelling in his face, like, How do I save her? How do I stop it? And <laughs> this dude must be thinking, No, I didn't do, I, I didn't infect her. What the hell? <laughs> Shut up. Leave me alone. I'm just trying to sacrifice for my own ego. I mean science. Uh, d- Just let me, let leave me alone. Let me do my thing. Let me... Let me get murdered by the queen beetle that's about to pop out of my neck. Like, just... Uh, yeah. I'm making a lot of jokes on this one. But this was genuinely a really, really good episode. This was genuinely a very, very solid alternate universe episode. I did really, really like it. Uh, and it definitely provides a solid building block to... What I can assure you will become a big deal down the line. What I can absolutely assure you will become a really big deal... Later on in the season. So get ready for that. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push a button on the anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468. And support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's not work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. I also just realized I forgot to mention Letterboxd again, but TomTom4468 on that as well. Uh, I'm gonna get used to saying that eventually. Today's not that day. Uh, tomorrow I will be discussing Season 3, Episode 14. Talk to you then.